Hello, and welcome to another Not For Nothing, the home episode edition is what I'm going to call it today, because we have Ethan Howard Ham here again. Hello. Hello. How is this any different, though? What makes this the home episode? Because I've been doing other episodes with other people, like last week was Michelle, and the week ah. before that was Beth, and this is one of those, home episode is a fancy way of saying, I, I did not seek anyone, I just said sit down we're gonna talk well i like it (laughs) so that's what i do um but of course all the listeners like hearing from you as well so welcome back well thank you um we have a few things to talk about because the the fun thing about doing an episode with you is at least once or twice a month we'll be having a conversation and we'll be like you know what let's stop we're gonna record this conversation and so we did we stopped two and then we stopped one conversation in the midst of watching a program. And then as we kept talking about the program, we're like, let's stop that too. Because we're going to talk about that too on the podcast. Yep. So I'll get right to it. We are like the rest of the world riveted by the Oprah interview of Harry, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I will say I haven't been really that concerned with what's going on with the Royals. They don't really affect me that much. This interview is what tipped me over the edge. Like I will say, I like I watched Prince William and Duchess Kate's wedding when I was in college. It was the, my, or no, it was 2011. So I wasn't in college, but I was in Birmingham just after college. And, um, yeah, I think I remember you. Or maybe like, it wasn't 2011. I don't know. Anyway, I remember watching it. And then I remember also watching Harry and Meghan's wedding. Yeah, I remember you staying up to watch both of them. Mm-hmm. I wound up... Well, I Because they came on at like 4 a.m. or something? Yeah, it was like 4 a.m. But I specifically stayed up for William and Kate's. Uh, I accidentally caught Meghan and Harry's. But that's fine. Whatever. But that's that was the extent because I never really understood the royals and how they break down. Because like me, I like things to be very specific. Like you were to ask me anything about the federal government here in America. Like just the other day, you were asking me about how like the legislation's getting passed in the House and the Senate. There's a direct way to do it. And I know how to do it. And I know exactly what it means. And I can explain it. So I'm very interested in it. But to me, the royals never made any sense. They were like, I just didn't understand how the descendants are all the descendants going to be princes and princesses. I'm like, how does that work? Is there like, cause eventually there'll be thousands and thousands of princesses and princes all over the place, but that's not how it works. Yeah. Clearly like something that we learned from the interview is that there are all of these rules and regulations in place that determine who's a prince slash princess mm-hmm. and who isn't. And um, yeah, as most Americans, I would imagine um, that's just not information that we know. Well, and some Americans just freely just enjoyed it. They liked it. They liked knowing about it. I, I, there was too much ambiguity around it for me to enjoy it. But I learned from this interview some things that made it more clear for me what the rules and regulations are of the royal family. And also from this interview, I am fully on board. I'm very, like, I'm not on board, like, being a fan, but I am on board at being invested. Like, I'm like, okay, you have my attention. I want to see where this goes. Invested in the story of... Yeah, of the royals. Of the royals specifically for Harry and Meghan. Right. Because I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So, let's dive into it. 
because we got a lot to dive into. And fittingly, we're sitting here drinking tea. Yes. Because we're having tea time talking about the Royals while spilling the tea. Exactly. And it is almost tea time on the dot. Um, so what are your first takeaways from it? Well, my first thoughts about it is just how much Megan has clearly been through mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Well, and she's like for her to openly so smart. Oh yeah, so smart, so just uh, polished mm-hmm. and thoughtful. Um, she was very thoughtful about what she would say and what she wouldn't say in that interview. Yes, uh, which was good to see. And I didn't, I really, I didn't expect her at all to come on this like it was the Wendy Williams show, right? And start spilling names and all that. But mm-hmm. she was even more. Uh, I guess held back than I kind of expected her to be. Well, like she I, knew she where it was gave, appropriate for well, her. Well, she gave exactly what she wanted to give. Yeah. And I think it seemed a little off the cuff and just like, you know, here's my thoughts. She was very calculated and that's mm-hmm. fine. I, you, you should be when you're going into an interview that important because she dropped some bombshells. Mm-hmm. So, well, probably the biggest bombshell was that she was open about her um, struggle with suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing. We're not going to rehash. Pl- we're not going to rehash a play by play of this on here. If you want to see it, go to CBS.com and watch it. Um, if you want to stop this episode and go watch it and then come back so you can be part of it, that's fine too. Or if you want to hear this first, go ahead, do whatever. But yeah, that was something in there. She had suicidal thoughts, but we'll ju- I will just say that, you know, I didn't realize that the royal family just screwed her. Yeah. Screwed her over. Well, I think it's important an important distinction to make because it is one that she made many times throughout the episode is there's a difference between the members of the royal family mm-hmm. and the business of the royal family. Yeah. And, and it's the business of the royal family that screwed her over. And I wrote it down in my notes, the firm, the institution, the family. And they always say, well, the firm won't allow which that. is trippy to me like it's like, like a tv show thing to say and i'm firm. like well and, and I, I understand sort of like i don't know like i'm not more confused about what i'm confused about if that makes sense like the i know i now know and you now know just as much as anyone could know because they're like the firm won't allow, allow it and such and such people said this to me they made it clear to me this x y whatever and i'm like who are you talking about and they're like the firm and i'm like the institution and i'm i'm thinking well isn't your grandmother the only one that really truly matters she's the queen of england and if not like who's saying this is it prince charles or camilla is it william and kate is it prince andrew and fergie Who's saying these things? That's the thing she would never say. Like, is it one of them that's real? Or is it someone who represents them? Is it, you know, what is it? The closest that she ever ever came was at one point she said that she spoke to one individual Mm -hmm. who was the, uh, like, the highest figure in the firm. And that's all she said. That's weird. But she did also say that she spoke to a friend of Princess Diana's at the time. And I'm fully waiting because we've got the crown. We have the crown. And everybody watches the crown and everybody's like, oh, and, and the royal family's like, this is fiction. And it's like, f- calm your tits. We know it's not because well, everybody's re- read what is the, the, the sun or whatever is their, you know, the global 
Sun Global or whatever. Well, the Sun is pretty much fiction too. <laughs> um, the Sun is like our New York Post. But what I mean is they've like these stories we're seeing now. Like you can't, you can't, we can't like corroborate the fifties and the sixties or whatever. But they, we're getting into Diana and Charles. Yeah, we have news stories that corroborate what's happening here. You can't say this is fiction. And it's, it's not fiction. Well, it's interesting to me that. But even how many even seasons, Harry says it's fiction. So it's interesting to me that uh, you know they didn't bother to say. Please keep in mind this is fiction until Diana came into the picture. Right. Exactly. Um, but I. But what I was saying is we've got the crown. I'm fully waiting on the TV show called The Firm now, because somebody knows who the firm is. Somebody knows who the institution is. So yeah. I'm like, where's that television show? Is that going to be a spinoff of The Crown? I hope so. Um, well, and also, like you were saying, like, isn't the queen the most important person? I can imagine that it would be hugely inappropriate and probably extremely problematic if Meghan Markle went to the highest person in the firm and tried to ask for something and they denied her. And so then she turned right around and went to the queen. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be, that would be a lot. But I will say... The queen does just as much as she loves Harry because at the end of it all, we'll skip to the end. She Harry said, I do talk to my grandmother a lot and we FaceTime a lot and she sees Archie a lot living here in Los Angeles and her being, you know, in the United Kingdom. Um, but that being said, she still takes out the orders of the firm, the, the institution, the family. She follows the rules. Her uncle abdicated the throne to marry Wallace Simpson. Like he had to abdicate because he's going to marry an American woman. That's not done. Yeah. Uh, Queen Elizabeth's sister. She was told by Queen Elizabeth, you can't marry this man because he's not of the right stock. Um, And I think it was, this is my opinion. It was not until Diana that the wheels came off and they had to like realize, Oh, this is bad because Charles could not marry Camilla because she was not of the right stock and she was a divorcee and she was, you know, she was all this and all that. So he was forced into a wedding with Diana and that just fell apart. And now eventually he did wind up marrying Camilla anyway, uh, while having an affair with Camilla on while in the marriage with Diana. And that's fact. I mean, that is the fact Mm -hmm. we've got the recordings. It's disgusting. Look it up. Um, do you know the recordings? Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Yep. It's disgusting. But now get your kicks. That's what I say. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Your your kinks, not mine. Uh, but now William married Kate, who is sort of a commoner, and they're just like, okay, whatever. And then Harry's like, I'm gonna marry a black woman who's a divorcee and three years older than me from America, who's also an actress. And it's like, okay, yeah. So. Really pushing it here. They did come a long way from from the rules because they used to say, absolutely not, you will not marry them. And they just said, okay. Like, Margaret did not marry who she wanted to marry because her sister said you can't. Yep. How messed up is that? And, you know, they, like, you know, the, what is it? I forget his name. Elizabeth's uncle who married Wallace Simpson. I forget which one it was. But... He just, he left and he had to leave and he went to America and lived as a rich man in America. And that was it. You were not a Royal kind of thing. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's really interesting. But and and I I wonder why they didn't take more like because I guess here's my assumptions. Megan Mar- we're watching Megan Markle. She is older than me. She's 39. Um so she saw, she was old enough to see the full public destruction of Diana. Mm-hmm. Like we saw that. We knew that in America. Well, I remember the night that she died. I remember seeing the news reports that she was in a car crash. I remember I was old enough to remember. I was in fifth grade. Um, so she knows. So I would think getting involved with a Royal, she would be fully prepped, fully vetted, fully, you know, brought up to speed on what it would mean to marry the Royals. And I would think that losing your mother, Harry would want to do everything he could to prepare her, to give her the protocols and like the expectations of what it would mean to be a royal person. Um, and it just seems like that didn't happen for her, them yeah, at all. And I'm like, hey, that's weird. Like you would think they would do that, right? Like we're led to believe that it almost does work like a Hallmark movie. Like I'm going yeah. to marry a prince mm-hmm. and... Surprise, we're going to go to our first dinner party and you are not at all prepared, you know? Right, and she was not prepared. But I thought she did say something that really stuck out to me. And I don't know if it was supposed to, um, but because Oprah did ask her, like, were you not, those quite those same questions, were you not prepared? And she mm-hmm. said, no, there are no classes like there are in the movies yeah. about this is how you sit and this is how you speak and this is how you are a royal. And then she said... There might be for some other people, but there weren't right. for me. And I wonder if there were because Kate Middleton seemed to just fall right into place. I mean, she did have a little bit of public, you know, but she did. She fell right into place. And I'm like, and, the, and I wonder if it is just as simple as one of the girls, Kate, she knew what she was getting into because she was an English person and she had been dating uh, William through college for a while and you know what you're signing over and she made that bargain within herself to sign over her own rights yeah to the to the firm you're gonna you are going to be the queen of England one day that will be fact because the queen the the spouse of a king is the queen mm-hmm. the spouse of a queen should it be a uh, man? I guess is the prince consort. Mm-hmm. Cause the, I guess cause King is higher than queen and you can't say King cause he's not ruling, but the queen is lower than the King. So she can be the queen. I don't know. That's that's my understanding of it. But Kate Middleton will be queen of England one day. And so maybe is it that simple that you'll never be queen of England. So they didn't feel the need to vet you. You just needed to come on board or didn't need to brief you on what to do. You're the spare. You're marrying the spare. That could be true. Because that's what they used to say about Charles and Diana. They would say, um, she after Harry was born, everybody said her duty is done. She gave him an heir and she gave him a spare. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, just in case the death, you know, you have to have a spare. Because if William can't serve before William had kids, it would be Harry who would have to step, un- step up and be king of England. Um, but now that they're, Harry, that William has kids, Harry is no longer needed. Right. And he, cause there's three, cause he's got one heir and two spares. Mm-hmm. So we, we, they don't need Harry nor his kids. Um, yeah. I, what do you think about that? I mean, that, 
I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. That sounds like it's pretty much probably what happened. Um, yeah, because barring a severe disaster, Meghan Markle will never be Queen of England. And like even would, st- even still, she might still never be Queen of England. She is, you know, because he because Harry is fifth in line for the royal for the throne now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just thinking. I wonder when she becomes queen, will she change it to Catherine? Because Queen Catherine sounds better than Queen Kate. Well, her name uh, that well that's the thing. Her name is Catherine, Duchess of of Cambridge. Oh well, then there you go. It will officially be. But we call her Kate, like Queen Princess Catherine. Di. Yeah. Like Diana, Princess of Wales, was her title. And even after the divorce, she was able to keep that title. That's why um, Camilla Parker Bowles is Duchess of Cornwall, even uh, though her husband is Duke of Wales. I think that's right. Yes, I think that's correct. um, Um, Well, something that Harry also said in the interview that that struck me was when he said that when they did their first uh, Australia tour, uh, the the firm saw how good Megan was at the job, and it made them jealous, and it brought back bad memories. Yeah, because it was that same tour of Australia where Diana, she came out and she shined, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh, she's outshining us." Right. Because these crooked teeth, ugly people are keep marrying these beautiful, effervescent, vivacious women, and then taking them out into public. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then you treated Fergie like crap too because she looked like a horse to you. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's, Fergie ain't looking so bad now. She was just, you know, charismatic enough. She wasn't Diana. But something happens when you divorce the royal family. You get real spunky. But I wonder, um, just hearing him say that, it kind of made me start to wonder, it kind of got my wheels turning, mm-hmm. of if... Um, if what happened to his mother had never happened, he would probably be viewing today. He would probably view the the situation that is the royal family and the institution and all that very differently. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, and she his, would have told him. Well, and I'm sure in his mind, in the in the dark recesses, he still thinks it's your fault that my mother is dead. I wonder if they do because of all the pressure and all the attention and all the spotlight. I'll bet though. The thing is, well, I mean, you might be onto something because I don't think he specifically could blame the Royal family because it was the paparazzi. Their shark like hunger for her that killed her, but they chased her down. But what they said in this interview was there is an unspoken rule. We need the Royals need the tabloids. The tabloids need the Royals, right? It is a symbiotic relationship. And I think that if the royal family hadn't treated her with so much mm-hmm. Diana hadn't treated Diana with so much contempt, mm-hmm. then the then the media wouldn't have gone for her so much. Yeah, it, w- it would have been just another just another person in the royal family if they had welcomed her mm-hmm. and said we're very happy to have her with us today, and <laughs> and that was it. You yeah. Know? Um, but that, that didn't. That English accent went sort of Japanese pretty fast. Oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But anyway, I didn't mean to. Um, but um. So I mean, that's the thing. If they had just treated her, treated her well, and welcomed her and let her do her thing, then the media wouldn't have been so fascinated by her. Well, and I, I started like a, a little bit through the, um, through the interview we were watching. I jumped up and grabbed a notepad because I'm like, oh, I've got to write some of this down. So something I wrote down is 
the most dangerous thing in the world is a woman not scared. And she's not scared of these people. No. She's a bit like, and that's the thing I told you. I said, you do know that this aired last night because we're recording this on a Monday. This is Monday. And I said, they were, this aired last night in America. It's airing tonight in England. So by the time this comes out, there could be a firestorm of just frenzy over what they've said in England. Or there might not be at all. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's not scared of these people No, and she is not backing down and she's saying, I told everyone I'm suicidal because I'm scared and Mm -hmm. I need help. And she was talking to, uh, Oprah about how Harry had a, an event to go to and she did too. And he was, she was just distraught and she said, I'm thinking of harming myself, yada, yada. And he's like, I don't think you should go. And she goes, I have to, because I can't be left alone. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, it's that serious. And she's saying these things. She's like, I told everybody. And the human resources, like, when she said, I went to human resources, I'm like, for your family? Yeah. That is so weird. But there, there is a human resources because everybody's on payroll. Like, everybody lives yeah. on the grounds. Everybody lives in the space. And she's like, you're not family. The human resources person said, I feel for you, but you're not a paid member of this family so that we have nothing for you. And I'm like, that's bad. You can't demand something of someone if you're not paying them. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can because we do the same thing for the first lady, but you can't demand things like that of people if you're not paying them on the payroll. If you're going to make requests, because we don't require as much as a spouse of a royal member is required of the first lady. She could do, I mean, look at Melania. She didn't do anything. Right. She didn't do whatever she wanted to. Something else that I that kind of tickled me from the interview was um, when Harry, because he did bring up, like you said, the symbiotic relationship between the media and the royal family. And he also, in that sort of same vein, was talking about how this weird sort of whirlpool of toxic relationship has led to the situation where um, his fellow family members are trapped in this situation and don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he himself was trapped. Yeah. And Oprah was not having it. She mm-hmm. was like, you, Prince Harry of the of, of the royal family in England, how were you trapped? Right. Well, and that, and then he explained it and like, she was like, oh. Like, yeah, and she was like, ah, like, oh, okay. Oprah, like Oprah was in rare form for Oprah on this because very little shocks Oprah anymore. And she was stunned by the things they were saying. Yes. Like she was stunned. Uh, like and some one of that she would not let go. Like one of the, <laughs> well, one of the things I wrote down was there was comments and Megan kind of alluded to it. She said, I heard it through Harry. Harry told me of these conversations that there was concern over Archie and what we know now know is Archie, the son over his skin color, would he be too dark? Mm-hmm. And Oprah's like, D- too dark for what? Yeah, she wouldn't let that one drop. Like, she was and, like, who said that? What and, did they mean? And then Harry came out, because the first part of the interview was with Megan, and the second part was with Harry, and Harry came out, and she asked Harry about it, and he goes, I'm not speaking on that. Mm-hmm. It's too painful, and it's too personal, and I'm not going to speak on that anymore. And I'm like, he's protecting someone. They both and, were. And not in a way that, like, they're bad, but it's like, oh, this means someone very important, someone very public made a comment about their race, about the race. They were both protecting that person because he just fully said, I'm not going to speak on that. And she said, I don't want to say. And Oprah kind of tried to push her on it. And she said, I just think it would be very damaging. 
to that person. Yeah. And she doesn't want to damage them because it's compartmentalized. She does not give a damn to hurt the firm or the institution, but she doesn't want to hurt the family. Right. And she made it a point to say the queen was nothing but lovely and warm the whole time. But the thing is, the queen is also the firm and the institution. Right. So, I mean, that's hard. That's real. I mean, that's hard. That's the hardest thing I think you could ever have to compartmentalize Mm because it is what it is. And she's protecting somebody. And so is he. But I said, I wrote down too, does it all come back to race? Because. Yeah. Meghan Markle was like, um, they they weren't going to make Archie a prince. And the thing is... Like they were going to change the laws. They were changing the... I forget what she called it. Protocols the, or something. King George the Six. The, something like that. The... We sound like issue and The issue. Or the issuance or something. I don't know. She called it a word. But, um, uh, but yeah. So... Basically, and that's when I learned, oh, the grandchild of the monarch, the grandchild of the monarch is a prince or a princess, and that's it. Great grandchildren are not. So, therefore, Eugenie and what's the other one's name? The the sister. Mm, I don't uh, remember. Anyway, Greta ba- Margot or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that the, one. The other one. They all wear the funky hats. Anyway, they're princesses. That's Fergie and Andrew's daughters, but their children won't be because they are the grandchildren of Queen Elizabeth, but their children are not going to be the grandchildren of a monarch because that's Andrew. And Archie, Archie and the new baby bump come in the girl that we found out in the interview. It's a girl. Um, They're going to be grandchildren of a monarch, Prince Charles. So they are princes, but the royal family didn't want to make Archie a prince. And the thing is, it's like, but why? And that's why. And Megan was like, it's not about the title so much. It's about the protections. That's the thing. They were like, not only is he not going to be a prince, we are rescinding your rights for security. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was like, not only that, she said, you can walk away she said, it's not necessarily about the, the title, but you can walk away from your birthright if you want to, but it's my son's birthright to be a royal, so he should have that opportunity should he want it. And I'm like, wow, this mother. Like, So she's touching on mother, and she's touching on race, and she's touching on outsider, and she's touching on a lot of things that the royal family has been very tight-lipped about. And I mean, as far as I, as far as I know... Um there is a growing consensus among the people in the UK that the monarchy should just be done away with. And that not only is it, it is at best redundant and at worst damaging. Well, and, and I, that it should be done away with. And I said, I I've said this, we've got Queen Elizabeth on the throne. We've got Charles coming next, then William, then George. George is like a little child. I, I said it, I've said it for a lot for a few weeks now, since all this firestorm about everything coming up. I said, I do believe the very last monarch of the United Kingdom is already born. Mm-hmm. He's alive. If it's, it might be Charles, it might, it might be Elizabeth. It might be Charles, might be William, might be George. But I think it'll end before George ha- before George's children, should he have any. I actually, I think that it would be great, and I don't know, but I think it would be great if they had a gay monarch. I don't maybe, know. Maybe George. Maybe George is gay. That would be so great if the last monarch was gay. So, 
that's all. That's all I got to say about that part. Um, but yeah, I was just really interested to see that Harry and Meghan have a fantastic relationship with the Queen. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, Harry was saying that his relationship with her has only gotten better since they left. Mm-hmm. And in a way, so did so did Megan. Like she mentioned when they heard that, um, who was it that went to the hospital? Uh, Prince Philip. Philip, yeah. Yeah. When, when Philip went to the hospital, the ninety-nine-year-old. She just. <laughs> Called up the queen and straight up, like, didn't have to think about. Yeah, that was. Is this appropriate? Is this the right time? Blah blah blah. That she was just fantastic. Like, She's like, I'm not a royal. I don't have yeah. to do anything. I don't have to follow any protocols. But I know her, and I'm going to call her. Right, and then and then you're like, Camilla, you got to follow the protocols. You don't get to ask about your father-in-law. Mm-hmm. I get to ask about my grandfather-in-law because I am Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. No title, Meghan Markle, and I can do what I want. And I was like, that's fantastic. Um. And what I thought was interesting, too, because they got it towards the end of the interview. They got into, yeah, they stripped them of the titles. They stripped them of their money. They cut them off. And Harry's not even really talking to his dad right now. Yeah. And he's not even really talking to his his brother. Yeah. He's like, I'm giving them space. And Oprah was like, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. know what that means. We know what that yep. means. But they were talking about, because I'm excited about their new ventures, their deals with Netflix, their deals with Spotify. On our road trip back in December, we listened to one of their podcasts, and I want to get back on that and listen Mm. to it again with you because I really liked the Arch because they're a media company. They started a media company called Archwell Media, and they they were talking about how they got there, and Harry said... I used the money left to be my left to me by my mother. Yeah. And it was very interesting that this person that's supposed to be funded by the Royal family for the rest of his life had money left to him by his mother who was excommunicated from the Royal family. Right. She had her money and she left some to William and left some to him. Or did she? I don't know. He said left to me and mom. Maybe she didn't leave any because she knew this is speculation. She knew that William would never leave. Harry had no final purpose, the king, the throne. But she said, he said, I think my mom knew this might happen. Yeah. And I'm like, hoo hoo. So that was just a little throwaway line, but I wonder how much how much blood in the water that's gonna cause for the sharks and for the everything. Oh sure. Like what like, like that's what I was saying about the people who think that the monarchy should be done away with. I feel like this interview is going to really stoke their fire. And not only remind them of what the royal family did to Diana, mm-hmm. but show them that this was a this came this close to happening again to somebody yeah. who, for a lot of people, is equally beloved. No, maybe not equally, but uh, very beloved. Well, but the, causing people to have big opinions because people yeah. didn't all love Diana, yeah. but they had big opinions of her. And Harry was like history repeating itself. Only this time. There's a an element of race, right. which is bad. Yep, and that's why he's so fearful for his wife and his children because they are black. Yeah, and there's and there. I mean, it's very racist in England. They're very racist. Oh, yeah. Like I, people may disagree with me, but you're wrong. They're okay. racist in England so, at times. So here's what I have heard. I heard it put very well by some. I don't know who it was, but I didn't remember what it, what was said. Um. They said people tend to think that America is so racist because everything that happens 
that's racially charged in America is out there in the open. Mm -hmm. And they said, what people don't understand about what goes on in the UK is we're just as racist, if not more so, because we don't talk about it. Yep. That's it. And, and they did, they, they, they put side by side stories of Kate Middleton to Meghan Markle. And they would like, they beloved Kate, like the avocado toast. They be- That's so wild. They were so beloved of Kate, who was like, she's eating avocado toast for to the help health her, of her baby. For, well, for her morning sickness. Yeah. And then they like they went into the political situation behind avocados for Meghan Markle. They're like, that is because I guess at some point avocado farms are contributing to the drought somewhere, yeah. and it's like, well, here, here, but but you know, they're like, and this is the degradation of water in America, and she's eating this plant and it's like calm down well it is i think they love to they meaning the the british media they love to have like they said a hero and a villain yeah they they were saying that they were playing kate and megan against one another as the hero and the villain and kate just so happened to come along first so she was the hero and she's the wife of the future i don't know i think they would have always made kate the hero because because megan markle's black well, there's that too. You're the you're the you're the villain. You're the black girl. You're you're you know we don't want none of your black girl magic. Calm down. I wonder how much of that was conscious because obviously that played a factor. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much of that was conscious. Or well, un- how much of any racism is conscious, or is right. it just like that's what I'm saying? Or are we just because you could because Kate was eating avocados, she also is buying produce from people who are helping to further drought Mm -hmm. you could have made that same connection but you didn't but you did for the black girl Mm -hmm. why like it's racism right is what i think um but i will just say to wrap it up on this um i'm excited about archwell media i'm gonna follow everything they do on netflix on spotify and Oprah had made a little passing mention that um, she and Prince Harry are working on a show for Apple TV, Apple TV plus for mental health, which we all know that I have mental health issues. And so that touches, that's, that's, you know, that hits close to home for me. So I'll Mm -hmm. be following that. I'm excited about all they're doing question to wrap it up. Will they ever go back? Do you think this could lead to a, a space where they want them back? And, they said had they gotten the full support they were gonna they were they were asking for, they would have never left, they would have stayed, they would have worked with the firm, the family, the institution. Is it too little too late? What do you think? I think it's not too late, but I think the only person who would offer to bring them back is William. Yeah. I think it will be a while before they even get that invitation, if they ever do. But if they do, I think it would have to come from him. You know what'll you know what'll determine that? How the public feels. Oh, if yeah. the public's like, We hate Kate, we hate William, we hate everybody for doing this to them. Yeah. You better bring them back. Like we like you don't have to bring them back, but we want to see y'all out to dinner. Mm-hmm. We want to see y'all loving them to death as private citizens, you know, you can still be friends with private citizens. Diana was friends with Elton John, you know, people there's friends, you have friends. You better come make them your friend, you know, if they have that kind of backlash and that vitriol, they'll probably do it. Yeah. Um so do you think if there was an invitation, William and Kate well, or Harry and Meghan would go? I think 
if their lives were much the same as they are today, mm-hmm. when that invitation comes, then yeah, I think they would go. Yeah, I think so. But if they've gone... They never planned to leave. Right. So they were like, we didn't know what to... But the thing is, I think they're going to want to take their stuff with them. That's their new yeah. Archwell Media, their deals with this. Do the, you got, you're going to have to let me do what I want to do because you kicked me out. And I think if they have too much of that going by the time that invitation comes, if it ever does, mm-hmm. they might not go. Well, and why not? Why not let them do these things? Why not let them bring awareness to the world? They should be able to bring awareness to the world. They should speak up. I mean... You're stupid if you think that there's no homosexuals or mental illness in a family that is that crossbred. I mean, hello. Yeah. So there, there's mental illness there. Bring awareness. There, There's no poverty, but you have a spotlight. These tabloids follow you wherever you go. Go shine those big bright lights on poverty in your country and around the world. Go see the world. But anyway, we're going to take a break. And then we're going to talk about other things when we come back. So what's interesting is while we were watching the Oprah interview, we got into another discussion because we were talking about Oprah and how she had own. And I'd followed the story about how she no longer owns any stake in own, but she does have stock in discovery, which owns own. She doesn't own own, but discovery owns own. And she owns stock in discovery. So I, we were just talking about that and how she's like doing her thing and, you know, all that. And it just kind of went down this rabbit hole of, um, oh, because we were talking about how we don't have an Apple TV plus, uh, subscription yet. And it's four ninety nine a month. And we were like, well, I'm thinking I'm going to do it. And I said, but everybody is so upset lately about, because we do have Paramount plus Disney plus, and we're going to get Apple TV plus everything's a plus. And I said, but you know how everybody is. They're so upset that everything you have to pay for, the plus and the reboots, and everybody's just so angry all the time. And that everybody, I'm using air quotes, everybody includes you. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd talk about that today. The outrage of a reboot. The outrage of a subscription service. Well, I think my, my outrage has simmered to, you know, a slight bubble. Um, but mine is really mostly uh, targeted toward the whole reboot thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have other opinions about the pluses and all that, which we'll get to in a minute. But okay. uh, I mean, like I said in our, in our in our couch conversation before we switched to the podcast, um, my my feelings about the uh, the the reboots and all all that is that um, I just feel like it speaks to a combination of a lack of originality that's happening in. Hollywood air quotes right now mm-hmm. and also a lack of willingness to take risks because we could be seeing original, interesting, innovative content, or we could guarantee that we're going to make money as a studio by rebooting Will and Grace and whatever else that people want to see. We're just going to reboot it all because nostalgia is a thing. And to that I say, yeah, nostalgia is a thing. It's one of my favorite emotions in life and also you're not right there is original content all over the place there's thousands of shows that are out there that are original content you're just not paying attention to them well but most of them are streaming services now what 
like the original content that most people have decided is good is on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. I don't know that I agree with that. My everybody was watching Yellowstone for a little bit and that was on uh, I think A&E and I mean some of it is on cable. Yeah, but it's not all on streaming services and we're watching RuPaul's Drag Race on VH1, you know, that that's something that's original and fresh but it's 13 years old now, so right. it's it's established but it's still not a reboot of something else. Um but also what is the beef with it being on streaming services? What the original content? That yeah. Stri- oh, I'm, there's no beef for that. I'm saying that that's where the original good content is. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the networks. The networks are the ones that are just doing all the reboots. Well, everybody said except for Netflix, they did Full, Full House, but and one day at a time. Oh, that's right. But that is now on a network, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's on yeah. CBS. Well, actually, I don't know if it's on CBS or is it on Paramount Plus. So, also, streaming services are the home of reboots, too. Spectrum, which why anybody would put anything on Spectrum, was Mad About You, which I actually loved that reboot. We just finished watching it because after about a year and a half, it went to Amazon Prime, as Helen Hunt said on her Instagram, finally. Um, Okay. But it didn't last, you know, because it had a home that no one... No one watches Spectrum. Here's what I would like to say about all the all the reboot stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're coming at this from the perspective that a lot of people come at uh, like equal rights for human beings with, which is if gay people and women have equal rights, then I, as a straight white dude, I'm going to have fewer rights, and that's yes. not how it works. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not. It, that's not how it works. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't necessarily begrudge anybody all these reboots, but I would like to see equal attention from the networks being given to quality, original, innovative content. And I don't think that's happening. Do you know that that's not happening though? I mean, I'm basing this solely on the fact that over the past couple of years, the original content that we have seen come out of the networks is by and large, not great. I disagree because for instance, I, there is a, there is another great divide that is for another podcast network television versus cable and streaming. Some people think that there's just garbage on network network television now. And I disagree. I love one of the greatest shows that have come out in the last five years is New Amsterdam, another medical drama, but I like it. But I don't consider that original. It's just another medical drama. What do you mean? Like how many medical dramas? Like what do you, what, what do you want original? I don't know. That's not my job. I'm not a creator. Well, like, what would be original? Well, then how do you know New Amsterdam is not original? Okay, so where because was... Because you've not seen a single episode. Where was... That's um, where it comes in. People judge a book by its cover minute one. They're mad. They're ready to be mad before they even see the episode. There's a show that... I forget the name of it, but it's it takes place... It takes place in the Scottish Highlands, like, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. But it's also a time travel piece like the main character is this woman who's from the 40s and she gets uh-huh. sucked back in time into the scottish highlands something like that is what i'm talking about like okay something that's got like a buffy the vampire slayer kind of thing mm-hmm. like something that's new something fantastical um i just don't think that's happening on the, on the networks right now do you know ne- like honestly do you need to, it me, to happen on the networks though i would like to see that yeah that's the whole point i'm trying to make but we have networks- we have subscriptions to every streaming service so why are you specifically wanting it on the network because that's the point i'm trying to make the networks are more interested in just making that money with the reboots than what 
like there's Will and Grace, but what other reboots are on networks though that you can think of? Roseanne. To me, they're all well, okay. Roseanne, yeah. Um, we had Will and Grace. Uh, what else has there been? I mean, I can't think of anything right now. But how many? I mean, you know, we see it all the time on on the news and stuff. They're like, so and so is getting a reboot. Nine hundred two one zero. Well, that yeah, that was on Fox, and um, but most all the reboots are on the streaming services now. I feel like too. But the thing is, that's the cross-contamination. Like, Paramount Plus is CBS. Peacock is resurrecting Saved by the Bell, but that's for NBC. So, the networks are rebooting their own shows on On their streaming streaming services. services. So, that's that's where it gets to the point. And, like, it was so interesting because I work at Dodger Stadium vaccinating people, helping to vaccinate people, yada, yada. I'm a, I'm on staff. There's a lot of uh, a lot of volunteers there, and I met a volunteer on Saturday who is actually an entertainment lawyer, and her whole job is like doing something with Emmys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing something with Emmys. She goes, but nowadays, especially because of COVID, what's a movie? What's a television show? No one can know because all the movies are coming to the streaming services right off the bat and not having a a um a theatrical release and to be a contender for the oscars you have to have a two-week theatrical release that's why if you just go straight to a television network or hbo or streaming service as a movie you are a made for television movie none of these shows none of these movies had theatrical releases but are they going to be wanting to be contenders for oscars are they going to be want to be contenders for the Emmys because they didn't have theatrical releases, but you know, who's, who's to say because of COVID. But the thing is, everything's getting cross contaminated these mm-hmm. days. Is it network? Is it streaming? Is network streaming? Will there ever be networks again? You know? So it's all yeah. confusing. Well, and also, and for- my, and here's the whole point that I'm trying to make. Why all the outrage? Everybody's so pissed off. Like there's well, thousands of shows out there. Why can't you just go? Why can't, not you? But why can't people just go find what they want to find and stop being so pissed off about everything all the time? I was actually. It's funny you say that. Um, I think that some of the outrage, uh, at least here, uh, where we live, comes from people because, you know, if you meet enough people when you live here in the city, you're going to make friends with people who are trying to make it in the industry mm-hmm. and are trying to get some projects off the ground yeah. and all that. Everybody who works at Dodgers is an out-of-work right. artist. And how many people do we know who are trying to get some kind of project going and trying to pitch their content ideas and all this? And they're trying to do that. They're trying to get interesting, slightly off mm-hmm. offbeat, original ideas to the studios, and they just get rejected. And then shows like Call Your Mom get okayed. And I mean, Call Your Mom is the kind of show that like you have abandoned Call Your Mom, and mm-hmm. it has to be bad. For yeah, you for to me abandon to abandon anything, I still watch Grey's Anatomy, which is still, which in all fairness, Grey's Anatomy is still I wouldn't, fantastic. I wouldn't say Grey's Anatomy is bad. I oh, and people it, people fully think it's bad. You thought it was bad before you even watched an episode. I never said it was bad. It's just you not my cup of tea. Did say it was bad. Well, it's not bad. You it's said it was ridiculous. You said it, it was ridiculous. ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's fantastic television. Um, but it's gone for 17 years and I have not abandoned it yet. And most everyone has, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just easy. It's easy to get one star with a bunch of nobodies Mm -hmm. and it's quick formula, easy television. And that's what networks are doing right now. 
uh, some, sometimes. But, you know, you have to fluff out your schedule. You have to get the, the crown, crowning gem in your crown, you know, and then you have to have other stuff. So that's how networks work. You just have to have that. And if it's ma- and if it's dragging you down and you're not making any money off of it, gotta go. So, but then um, the whole point with all the pluses and everything mm-hmm. that doesn't really bother me. Like I get it, but uh, and you know, well, happily, I, I subscribe to all of them. Well, but, and I was doing the math the other day. You're still paying a hundred dollars less than you would for cable. Well, and for I think, all of them, HBO Max and all that, everything. Right, and I think that's what people are getting at when they get frustrated and angry about all the pluses mm-hmm. is that because they want to keep their cable and get the pluses like no, 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 no. cut the cable. No, that's the point. I think a lot of people, especially in our age group, um, figured out how to stretch their dollars as far as they could because we had, mm-hmm. had to. And, um, when people really first started cutting the cape, cutting cable was not that long ago. When people first realized, oh, I could just have Netflix and Hulu mm-hmm. and maybe Amazon Prime if I'm feeling like I'm rolling. Yeah. It. Well, and that's the thing. You used to be able to just have the three because if you paid the premium HBO or premium Hulu, you could watch anything on any network that came out the next day. You could watch it right, right away. And I think there was even a live TV option. But now there are things coming out on the subscription platforms like Peacock and the Paramount Plus and HBO Max that is not available on Hulu because it's going to stay in-house. Right. And so you have to buy the subscriptions for that. So, yes, it did start that you were saving money, but now that there's more networks coming out, you more more platforms coming out, you have to buy those too. But you you have to harken back to when you were paying for cable. Yeah. And realize you're still saving a ton of money. Right. But I'm sure that to a lot of people who aren't going to do that math, mm-hmm. it seems like they're just catching back up again. You yeah. Know? Well, and um, also you can just do full a la carte and buy the show you want to see. Mm-hmm. Buy it episode by episode as it comes out on iTunes. And I kind of have a feeling that that's going to start becoming a thing more and more. Like as more of these pluses and everything starts coming out. Um, because... You know, here in America, we hate corporations right now. And we hate being told what we are what we must do. Right. You cannot tell me what I must do. God forbid. So. I have rights. Um, but... Um, Again, another episode for another day. <laughs> but um, I feel like that's part of it, too. That, you know, like you said, we used to be able to watch everything on either Netflix or Hulu. And then the networks started pumping out their own streaming platforms. And, oh, you can only watch this show on Mm -hmm. our streaming platform for $8 a month. And people started to be like, oh, corporate greed. And And it's not even that much. It's not that much. Apple TV Plus is $4.99 a month. So is HBO Max. It's really not that much. Right. If you think about it. And also, I'll say, when you go to Disney Plus... And you go to Paramount Plus because we have it. That was CBS All Access, but they changed it to Paramount Plus. When you go to HBO Max, when you go to these real to Peacock, I'm sure is the same. I haven't tried it yet. But when you go there, it feels like a VIP treatment. It does feel because you do like it feels VIP to me. And that's great. That's how it should be. Like, I love it. I love that I have this wealth of of stuff I can watch and shows I never even thought I would want to watch, but it just, it does. It feels very high end to, to see the, the, to open Disney plus and to, to open Paramount plus and to open 
HBO Max. It feels high end. I like it. And I think one of the great parts of having these service these services now is before when everything was just on TV, if you wanted to watch as much as you possibly could, you had to know. You had to schedule your life about mm-hmm. like when does this come out? What day of the week? What time? Uh, well, and then there was DVR. And then someone asked me the other day at work. They were like, what night of the week does that come on? I'm like, I have <laughs> no idea. I was like, why would I know what You're night off of night. Like, because it was a, a show that was network. And we were talking about it. But they were like, when does that come on? I was like, um, Hulu, whenever I wake up. I don't know. Right. Like, that's where it comes on for me. And that's the thing. Like, now... You just have it all in front of you. You can just scroll through the well, shows that Hulu they have. has commercials, but Disney Plus has no commercials. HBO Max has no commercials. Paramount Plus has no commercials. I think Peacock has no commercials. I'm like, that. I think that might be what it makes it feel high end yeah. to me that there's no commercials because I paid for this. And how many Give times, me my show. How many times have you just like scrolled through Disney Plus and been like, I didn't even know that was a show. I'm going to watch that. Right. Well, there's great shows. like And the co- the original content for Disney Plus, the shows, the imagi- the story of the Imagineers, the, um, what is that, uh, prop culture. Yes, that about the really props, cool. About the props in-house at Disney. Like, there's some fantastic shows that just make every other experience that we've already had, like Disney movies, prop culture enriches the experience of a Disney movie to see the star, especially this was one of the most popular episodes was when the little girl from Mary Poppins came back to talk about the props of Mary Poppins as Mm -hmm. an old lady. And it's like, that just makes, that makes this story of Mary Poppins just so much more rich and inviting and, and real and real. And so I, and, and I, I wish Bottom line, I wish more people could be like me. That's it. There you go. Like uh, that is what it is. Like I just relax. Just stop screaming all the time and just well, relax and if you don't want to watch something, walk the hell away and don't watch it. Don't bitch about it the whole time you're walking away. Well, maybe that's the direction we're going in is really like you're saying all the original content is going to streaming and all the formulaic content is sticking to you know television ne- mm-hmm. network television because who watches you know demographically who watches the formulaic stuff older people older people but the thing is people need to calm down too formulaic television is just as nostalgic as nostalgic television you because like, you know what's going to happen you like law and order because you know you're going to figure out the mystery by the end of the hour you like that you know that there's going to be a, a nice tied up pretty bow way to end things and every now and then and that's okay and every now and then there's not and that's the big episode right well and also um like how sad is it to just be that angry all the time like well, to how how sad is it to be just be that unimpressed by everything that comes your way like congratulations you've got no satisfaction right you win. good for you that was just my, get over it. That was, yeah. My conclusion to my portion of this TED Talk is uh, I think more and more in our culture these days, it is in vogue to be outraged. and Outraged more, and unimpressed. Yes. And I think uh, at everything, at mm-hmm. anything that comes around, and you're just angry. The first thing you hear about something, oh, that makes me mad. And that is definitely um, something that I have to work on or keep in mind for myself is... 
I could have no opinion about something, but if the first thing I read about it is negative, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's dumb. And I'll yeah, be mad like about Yeah, like you, it. like it is, it makes my life very hard <laughs> to try to convince you of anything because you read one headline of an article about something and you're like, nope, I know what I need to know. And that's it sometimes. But that's just the nature of life for everybody right now. Right. I and happen to be someone who does not fall subject to that because I... I just don't want to be outraged and I just don't want to be unimpressed because the feeling of being impressed and the feeling of being happy and content is just so appealing to me that I'm willing to just let it be. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people are like, you must impress me beyond all belief or else it's garbage. And for the rest of us, I think there comes a critical mass moment in your life when you realize, oh, if I don't stop being angry and unimpressed right now, then this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. And you have to decide whether you're going to go over that cliff or you're going to step back. And some people decide to go over the cliff and some people decide to step back. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we don't have any friends who are unimpressed because you must, you you are dismissed. Yeah. If you're in that like that and you're in my life, I'm like, well, you won't be staying very long because you're boring. You're boring and you never laugh and everything is so unimpressive to you. So, And I think there's this false equivalency with people who are able to be impressed and people who are like immature and, and uncultured, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can be all those things. In fact, you can prob- probably be more cultured mm-hmm. if you're open and willing to see something come your way and just be ready to be wowed by it. Yeah. And then if you're not, it's not for you. And yeah, move on. Yeah, it's just like it's not for me and move on. I still don't think Grey's Anatomy is for me, but I might find that's wrong one day. But you've never seen enough episodes to actually see a full story play out to fruition. Right. I've literally only seen one episode, and it was probably one of the most over-the-top dramatic episodes they've ever done. Because, and I'll say this to end it, Grey's Anatomy, it's been around long enough to instill you with its own nostalgia. Yeah. 17 years ago, they brought they bring back stories from the beginning and you're like, "Oh." And people who just are just being turned on to it now don't even know the people from the beginning cuz there's been many people come in and out of the show um over the years and it's fun to to get that full experience of seeing this new bright-eyed show that's kind of pretty and sexy and it's you know that it's written by a black woman and it's that's it and and then now it's it is formulaic they know how to do it to a t because they've been doing it for 17 years and that's great but i'll get you on Grey's anatomy but again for anybody listening if you want to watch fuller house go watch fuller house if you're looking forward to the frasier reboot that's coming to paramount plus then Damn it, look forward to the Frasier reboot that's coming to Paramount+. Plus. We just watched Mad About You. I was living for it. I mm-hmm. love it. I loved that new the new iteration. I love the nostalgia. I can't wait. I, I watch the Connors. It, it's great. Like I watch most all of the reboots. I'm loving it. Hashtag no more guilty pleasures. It's my pleasure. There's no guilt to it. I don't have guilt. I won't have guilt. But also, I will go in and watch things that are brand new. That's just me. So, anyway, that is our talk for the day. Uh, If you're listening, I hope that you are continuing to wear your masks and stay six feet apart from all people around you that's not in your bubble. If you are eligible, get your vaccinations. And 
keep the hope and faith that there is a better tomorrow just around the corner.